Well, good morning, State College. I'm so excited to be here with you. My name is John Mitchell, and I am in trouble because my wife is back home with three girls, and it's Mother's Day, so pray for me. I want to say a big thank you to all the mothers out there and all of you who have sacrificed so much. I, you know, I love my mama. In the South, we don't say mother or mom. We say mama, and I'm so grateful for my mama because she was a praying mama, and she would stand in my doorway in the middle of the night and pray for me and pray for my brother and my sister, and thank God she did because we went through some stuff, and I'm so grateful for a praying mother. I, I'm, a, I'm a product of a praying mom. She had this chair in her room that she still has today. She called it her prayer chair, and she would spend hours and hours and hours in that prayer chair praying. And I was born on Mother's Day, so, so I don't ever have to give my mom a gift. I just give her a big hug. Thank God. And uh, I, she called me just a few days ago. Uh, it was my birthday, and, and she said, you know, thank God for the challenging years because it taught me, and I was a little bit of a challenge. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, especially those high school years. Uh, but she said she learned how to press into the heart of God during those years and to trust that God was gonna redeem all things. And I gotta tell you, I wouldn't be standing here right now if it hadn't been for a praying mama. So thank you to all your, your mothers out there. And for those of you who are praying, who are praying for children that, that don't seem to be getting it, seem to be going a different direction, you keep pressing in because God's gonna use you and he's gonna use your prayers. Well, I, I gotta tell you, um, in our ministry, the College of Prayer, we're working in 168 nations right now. We believe we'll be in every nation on earth in the next 16 months. And I meet a lot of pastors around the world, but I wanna tell you, State College Alliance, you got a good pastor and Pastor Aaron Henning. You got a good first lady and Amy. And I, I think, I give honor where honors due. Stand up, church. Come on, stand up. Stand up, give honor to your pastor today. Give honor to who honors do. And I'm thankful for Pastor Aaron, for Amy, and uh, so grateful to be here with you today. Well, I know you've been walking through the book of Numbers. You can turn to Numbers 22. And uh, I know you've been walking through Numbers, and that's kind of a weird book to be walking through. Uh, the whole Torah is. But, but there's something here in this, in this book that's real for us today that that has application to our life today, and we want to unpack that. And as you know, Numbers emphasizes the importance of faithfulness. It emphasizes the importance of obedience to God's commands, and it shows us the consequences of being disobedient to those commands. So Numbers has a lot of application to our life today. And we come into Numbers 22, chapter 22, and we come across this really strange and interesting story. As we come to this story, the Israelites had, had migrated into the Valley of Moab. It's kind of like they moved into Happy Valley here. And, and they were taking residence, and there was a lot of them. And the, the king of Moab, King Balak, he was getting real nervous. Like, all these people are moving up in my space, and, and he was getting fearful, this, the scripture says. And because of that fear, he called on a renowned prophet named Balaam to come and put curses on the Israelites. Now, this is really interesting because, full stop right here, fear drives us to a lot of stupidity. Can I get an amen? Now, see, I'm used to people talking to me. Um, and it, I, I told the first server this. It's like the further north I go, the quieter it gets. So I need you to talk a little bit today. Uh, and, and a good amen always lets me know you're listening, you're getting it. But here in this moment, fear is driving Balak to do something stupid. And here's the reality, is that fear drives us to want the worst for people, not the best for people. Some of you need to hear that today. Fear drives us to want the worst for people, not the best for people. But, but God is totally opposite of fear because God is love. And God wants the best for people, not the worst for people. In fact, the scripture says, perfect love casts out all fear. God is perfect love. 
And so he cast out fear. So in this moment, Balak is filled with fear, and he calls on Balaam to come curse the Israelites. Now, I want you to keep in mind, sometimes we can read this book and, and think, oh, yeah, that might have happened. I'm not really sure. These are real events, and everything in the scripture is there on purpose. There's nothing in this book that doesn't have application to your life and my life. And so keep in mind that these events are real because along the way of Balaam's journey as he, as he goes, his donkey starts acting a little crazy. And, and he's riding on this donkey and his donkey keeps veering off the path because his donkey begins to see an angel standing in the middle of the path that Balaam can't see. And so three times this happens where his, his donkey's like getting off the path, going another way. And every single time, Balaam's, Balaam's beating his donkey. Now, for some of you PETA members out there, that, that's, that does, does a work in you right now. You're getting a little angry about that. But, but what happens is he's beating the donkey. The third time he's beating the donkey, and the donkey turns around, and he says, man, what are you doing? Like, that's enough. Can't you see there's an angel in the road? Now, this is real. And, and so Balaam stops, and he's like, what in the world? All of a sudden, his eyes are open. He sees the angel, and then the angel gets on him. Like, why do you keep beating the donkey? Now, there's a lot I want to say about that, and I got to refrain. I got to be cautious. But the story, that part of the story goes to show that Balaam's donkey had more discernment than he did, which goes to show that God can use any donkey. I don't want Aaron to have to clean up too much after I leave here. That God could use any of us. And so, so Balaam's on his way, and, and now he arrives in Moab, and, and Balak tells Balaam to curse Israel. Well, Balaam meets with God, and, and God tells him, you know what, you say exactly what I tell you to say. Nothing more, nothing less. Do what I tell you to do. And instead of pronouncing a curse over Israel, he pronounces blessing. Three times he blesses Israel. And this makes Balak furious. He blesses Israel so much that he, that he says, may those who bless you be blessed and those who curse you be cursed. Now here's the point. In many ways, this story reveals God's unwavering faithfulness to his chosen people even when they had sinned against him. Now let me make this more practical for you. This story is an example of, of the Father's unwavering faithfulness to us even when we are faithless and unfaithful. It illustrates that God's determination to bless his people who don't really deserve his blessing or his favor. And I know because I know some of you are sitting here today and, and you know you, you've lived your life feeling like you don't deserve anything, that you are disqualified, that, that you don't have anything to offer the body of Christ or for God, and because maybe you've done some things in the past, there's been some things happen, and I'm here to tell you today, that's not God's voice, that's Satan's voice. That you are not disqualified, that he who calls you is faithful, he will do it, as the scripture says. And this story models that. Because Israel certainly did not deserve blessing. But we serve a faithful God who gave it anyway. Now, the real part of this story that I want to help us understand today is the reality of spiritual blessings and curses. Now, some of you have never heard this before because here's the issue. In the Western church today, we tend to operate in such a box of naturalism that, that we do not, we've forgotten this spiritual reality of blessings and curses. We operate based on what we can see and based on what we can understand. And that has totally limited us and has made us place limits on God. And we are missing a whole realm of spiritual realities because we operate in the box of naturalism. And today, I want to encourage you to take a step out of that box of naturalism and into the supernatural, the kingdom work of God, especially as it relates to the power of blessing, the power of blessing. I want to unearth some important spiritual realities here. Because blessing is mentioned over 600 times just in the Old Testament, not to mention the New Testament. And it's all throughout the New Testament. 
In fact, all of Deuteronomy 30 is about blessing. It's about living under the blessing of God for God's people who follow him and live in right relationship with him, being fruitful, being blessed by God. And the chapter ends with verses 19 and 20. I'm gonna read this for us. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you. This is God speaking to the Israel people, Israelites. He says, I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice, hold fast to him. For the Lord is your life and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers. Brothers and sisters, today you have a choice. Every day you have a choice to choose blessings or curses, to choose life or death. You see, blessings always lead to life. Curses always lead to death. And you have a choice to make. And in the Western world, we have so dumbed down what blessing is, the idea of blessing. We've dumbed it down to having material possessions. You see, you see someone driving around in a $100,000 car with that license plate that says blessed. Blessed. That blessed life. We got it in our homes. Blessed. We've dumbed it down to like big bank accounts and uh, cars and homes and that's sowing our blessing, that we're blessed. (laughs) But blessing is so much bigger than that. Spiritual blessing is so much bigger than that. To spiritually bless is to supernaturally empower someone for success by the power of God. That's what blessing is. I'm gonna say that again because some of you need to tweet that post that, write that down, highlight that. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to get this in you today. To spiritually bless is to supernaturally empower someone for success through God's divine power. And it is a kingdom principle, kingdom reality that is available to everyone in this room. Blessings are always words and actions that give life that give life just like we read about. Blessing people is a form of prayer that brings heaven to earth. Brings God's power to earth. And this is what Balaam did for Israel. He blessed Israel, read it, the three blessings. He blessed them with protection. He blessed them with success over their enemies. He blessed them with growth, that they would grow in number. Now, God is a God of blessing. And he wants to bless us. He wants to bless our families. He wants to bless generations. He wants us to welcome a lifestyle of blessing. And he intends to bless us. From the beginning of this book, from Genesis to Revelation, we read about God blessing people, that he is one big blessing waiting to happen. God has an unlimited supply of blessing. This is the beauty of God. He's not finite, he's unlimited. God can bless you today. He can bless you again tomorrow. He can bless you again the next day. He can keep blessing you, you and your family. This is the beauty. Just like the love of God is endless. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are made new every day. He has an unlimited supply of love, of mercy, of blessing for you. Hallelujah. That ought to get an amen. I'm looking for it. It's not there yet. We'll get there. But he blesses Abraham so much that Abraham would end up being a blessing to all nations. And I, we're, not, we're not just talking about material blessings here. We're talking about the blessing of peace, the blessing of hope, the blessing of salvation, the blessing of healing, on and on and on and on. And so he blesses Abraham so, so, so much so that he would end up being a blessing to all nations. In fact, he blesses them so much that he says, any other nation that blesses you, I'll bless. And any other nation that curses you, I'll curse. Abraham's family was so blessed that he becomes known as the God of Abraham. It's absolutely fascinating. And what's so amazing is that God loves families. He doesn't just bless Abraham. He blesses a whole lineage of people. He blesses them so much he becomes known not just as the God of Abraham, but the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He wants to bless your family too. He wants to bless generations in your lineage too. Because he loves to bless families. He loves to bless children and parents. 
And we are called to be both receivers and givers of blessing. You see, the blessed bless, the curse curse. And you can't give what you haven't received. And so as you learn to receive blessing, God wants to empower you to bless others. But we gotta learn to receive it. In fact, we can walk under generational blessing. Generational blessings provide a foundation of spiritual growth that will set the next generation up for intimacy with God. It will accelerate the next generation towards intimacy with God. This is the beauty of generational blessing, right? In Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. I want my lineage to be blessed. And I, I gotta tell you, I'm blessed because I had a great grandfather who immigrated from Germany, moved to South Alabama, started farming, had 19 kids, had to have somebody work on the farm, right? Didn't wanna pay anybody, so they just started popping them out. But he would stand on his porch day after day and he would bless his family. He would bless his children. He would bless future generations of the family. My grandfather did the same thing. My parents have done the same. I'm walking in a generational blessing and a generational anointing. I want you to encounter the same. This is how close God wants to be to you and your household to impart generational blessing. And one of the, if you've read, read through the Old Testament, you know that there's 12 tribes of Israel. And one of those tribes were the Levites. And they were set apart really to minister to the presence of God. They were set apart to do the work of the temple, to, to minister to the presence of God, to, to carry the ark, the presence of God, and all of that stuff. And one of their roles as priests was to bless the people. Now think about this for a moment. They were told to bless the people. So they would, they would pray things like, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. They were blessing the people with the manifest presence of God. And brothers and sisters, this priesthood was a foretaste. What are you and I called today? First Peter and Revelation. You and I, if we are followers of Christ, we are called priests, and we can still impart blessing. Moms, dads, caretakers, grandfathers, grandmothers, siblings, children to the parents. We can impart blessing to one another because we're still called priests. Now, what's amazing, moving into the New Testament, talking about this, Jesus began his earthly ministry with blessing. He said, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Bless, 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 bless. Jesus would often take children in his hands and he would bless them. In fact, what's so amazing is even at the end of Jesus' ministry, after he died, was crucified, was resurrected, and as he was ascending to heaven, Jesus was blessing people. Right here in, in Luke, it says, he led them out as far as Bethany and he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he departed from them and was carried up into heaven. Now think about this for a moment. Jesus began his earthly ministry with blessing. Jesus ended his earthly ministry with blessing. What are you doing? What am I doing? He modeled a ministry of blessing from the beginning to the end. The New Testament is full of blessing. I love Paul, and Paul in Romans 15, he was writing, he said, I know that when I come to you, I will come in a full measure of the blessing of Christ. Now think about this, just practically. If there's a full measure of the blessing of Christ, there's a partial measure. And I don't know about you, I want the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I don't want a little bit, I don't want a third, I don't want two, th I want it all. And I, when I was coming here, praying the week before and just preparing to come here, I'm praying, Lord, let me come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. I want the full measure for my three girls. I want the full measure for my wife. I want the full measure for you of the blessing of Christ. There's three primary ways that we communicate blessing. 
This is really important. Three primary ways that we communicate blessing. We communicate it through our words, we communicate it through our touch, and we communicate it through our expressions. Now, our words, we obviously know that, and we're going to talk more about that in a moment. But, but just as much, I can communicate blessing to you just by walking up to you and look, putting my hand on your shoulder and just say, I'm proud of you, man. I'm proud of you. That's blessing. I can communicate blessing even through my look. If I look at Aaron and I'm like, There's a sense of blessing there. And it's no different. I can can look pretty mean, too. If I look at you like this and I'm like, you don't feel very blessed, do you? And every parent in this room knows that look. I've mastered that look. I can do it in the rearview mirror. What you doing? So we can communicate blessing through our words. We can communicate blessing through our touch. We can communicate blessing even through the way we look at people. And so we have an opportunity day in and day out to operate in the power of blessing by what we say, how we act, what we do with people. I love to bless my children. I've got three daughters, uh, 14, 10, and 6. Help the boy. I have a GoFundMe page. We'll put that up in a minute for the weddings coming up, although they may not have those. Uh, I got a shotgun ready to go. But I love to bless my girls, and I've done this all, all of their life. I've done this many, many, many times. I mean, almost every day on some level, I will bless them in some way. But, but I will always put my hand on them and bless them. In fact, uh, when I was rocking one of my girls to sleep years ago uh, in the middle of the night, I, I was praying over her and I, was, I put my hand on her and I just blessed her. I'll say things, usually I'm blessing them with scripture. I bless you with a spirit of love, peace, and sound mind. Things like that. And I was just blessing her and, and she stops and she was like maybe three at the time and she just looks up at me and she says, I love you, daddy. You see, even the children need to be communicated blessings. Uh, I had a friend in, in seminary, and he, he was in seminary, and they had a kid while he was in seminary, and a little boy, and he was his last semester, he was in his last semester, and every night, since the boy had been born, he would go into the, the boy's room, and he would put his hand on the boy's head, and he would bless his child, his son. And when it came to finals time, he was real busy, so he just kind of walks in there, and he walks, puts his hand down in the crib, his, his son was about six months old at the time, and he just says, good night, son. And as he turns to leave, this six-month-old boy reaches up his hand, grabs his father's finger, and puts his hand on his head. Brothers and sisters, there is not a person in this room, I don't care if you're one or if you're 100, that does not need blessing. Every one of us needs the blessing of God in our life. Every one of us. And we have a hundred opportunities every day to communicate it to people. The problem, friends, is that we as Christians, we're, we're living in the world right now, such a divided world, and we have lost the art. We have lost the spiritual principle of blessing people. And we look around us and we don't feel blessed. We, we look at all the stuff happening. We feel like we're living under curses. And because we don't feel blessed, we don't bless others. This is why Paul said, keep your eyes on the things above, not the things of earth. That's a whole other message for an old other day. But you, you should understand the reasoning for that. When you get caught up looking horizontal all the time, I mean, look at the mess. You feel the weight of that. And so because you feel all of that, all of like, what, is there any hope? Is there, any, is there anything that's going to change? You, you live under the weight of that, and so you lose the spiritual desire to bless other people because you don't feel blessed. Or you're looking at what others have. Again, our limited understanding of what blessing is. And we, we look at our neighbors, we look at our friends and see what they have and what we don't. And we don't feel blessed, so we don't bless. You see, too many of us are living under curses. Curses are ungodly and unholy words or actions towards someone that can lead to physical, mental, and spiritual strongholds. 
The source of every curse is sin. It's either sin against us or sin we've committed. And so many of us are living under curses. Some of you are living under generational curses and generational sin. A generational curse is an ungodly or unholy or unnatural habit or behavior that's been passed on from one generation to another that we've never allowed Christ to heal or break. It's those things like addictions. My father had it. My grandfather had it. His father had it. It's things like adultery and lust and all of those things that have been passed down from one generation to generation. I can't tell you the number of of people who have told me, oh yeah, my dad was like that, his dad was like that, his dad was like that. When you begin to see a pattern, friends, that's the warning sign. And the beauty is we have a, a Savior who's ready, willing, and able to break those generational sins at any time to tear off of us the curses we have for too long lived under. You see, what happens is curses lead to strongholds. You know what a stronghold is? When Satan works against us, the first, usually the first way he comes against us is through lies. The scripture calls him the father of lies. And a, a, a stronghold is when he lies to us about something and we begin to believe it and it becomes a thought pattern that sounds logical but is not biblical. And we allow that lie to grow roots and infect us and affect us. And instead of dealing with it and allowing the truth of the word of God to confront it, we live with it like it's a pet. And it becomes part of how we think and how we act and who we are and what we believe about ourselves. You see, these curses, these lies, often start off with things, someone of influence in our life who has said something like, oh, you'll never. You'll always. You can't. You won't. Who are you? It's, it's those lies that you're, you're, you're dumb. You'll never amount to anything. You'll always be like your father. You'll always be like your mother. Oh, your grandmother was like that. You're like that. Just live with it. On and on and on. We live with the weight of these lies that have been spoken with us that affect our identity. And and we've got to allow the truth of the word of God to speak to who we are. Not other people telling us what we are or what we aren't. But allow the truth of God and the blessing of the power of this word to speak to us and to speak to the identity of who we are. That we are not orphans. That we are not stepchildren. That we are not grandchildren. But we are children of a loving father who wants to bless us and who wants to remove every curse from our life. You see, the scripture says Jesus took every curse from us. Galatians 3, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Brothers and sisters, every piece of ripped flesh on Jesus' body was for you and for me. To remove those curses off of our life. Those lies we've lived under for too long. All of the evil spoken against you, he is there to take off of you. All of the negative things, the deceit. He did it so that you could be free to both receive and to give blessing. This is the power of God. It's the work of Christ in us and through us. I I was, a few years ago, um, I was in our bathroom and my girls came in and they were just, they were acting wild, to put it nicely. And in the moment, I just lost it. And I just set out. I said, you girls have problems. (laughs) And immediately, God spoke to me. And he said, you just cursed your children. And it was like, I I mean, I lost it. And I sat down and I said, girls, come here, come here, come here. What I just said is not true. And I ask you to forgive me. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I break that curse. You will not live under that. You will not live a life full of problems. You will live a life full of joy and peace. Our words have power. The scripture tells us there is life and death in the tongue. This is why the scripture says, now choose life. 
what you say over people, what you say over yourself is a form of blessing or curses. And you have an opportunity every day to bless. One of the blessings every person needs is the Father's blessing. Every one of us in this room, I don't care how long you've been following Jesus, I don't care how old or young you are, every one of us in this room needs the Father's blessing. Whether you've had a father who was good or loving or an absent father or a, a hateful father, I know every one of us needs the Father's blessing. I, I'm privileged because I had a good, I have a good father. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I saw the good, the bad, the ugly, and, but my father was always a blessing to me. He's still a blessing to me. In fact, if I got my phone, I would show you about 15 voicemails that I have saved of my father just calling me, saying, son, I just called, I, I, I don't want to talk about anything. I just called to tell you I love you and I'm proud of you. Those are treasures. In fact, a couple years ago, um, he was living, pastoring in California at the time, and he calls me up. He says, hey, uh, you want to go to an Alabama game together? We're, we're Alabama fans. Roll Tide. I know that's dangerous. The last time I was in state college was to watch Alabama whip up on Penn State, but that's another story. Sorry about that. So he says, hey, let's meet in Tuscaloosa. I say, yeah, let's do it. So he flies across the country. We go to a game together. We have a blast together. And, and I get in my car to go home that evening, and we said our goodbyes, and I'm about to leave. And all of a sudden, I see him coming running across the parking lot. And he begins knocking on my door. And I get out of the car. I said, Dad, what's going on? And he just puts his arms around me. And he says, nothing, son. I just want you to know I love you. And I'm proud of you. See, that's the Father's blessing. And, and if Jesus needed it, how much more do you and I need it? You see, Jesus, at his, at his baptism in Mark, he, he goes to his baptism, and the Father speaks. And he communicates blessing. He says, this is my Son, whom I love. In him I am well pleased. You see, there's three things that are communicated in that blessing that every one of us in this room needs. Acceptance, affection, and affirmation. This is my son. That's acceptance. Whom I love. That's affection. In him I am well pleased. That's affirmation. And every one of us in this room needs those three things. Some of you feel it right now. And maybe, maybe you grew up, and I, I want you right now, stand up with me. Stand up with me. I feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in this place right now. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. Every one of us in this room, I, whether you ever heard your father bless you, whether you ever heard your father or your mother speak life or love over you, every one of us needs this blessing. My dad didn't hear his father tell him he loved him until his wedding day. And I thank God that, that God broke curses over my father's life so that I could walk in greater freedom. And that God supernaturally blessed my father with his blessing so that I could walk in a greater depth of intimacy with him. And right now in this room, there are people who have never received blessing. No one has ever blessed your life. No one's ever spoke, spoken life over you. And today, I want to tell you, I'm here on behalf of the Father to speak blessing over you. I'm here on behalf of the Father to speak life over you. I'm here on behalf of the Father to help you lift those curses off in the name of Jesus so that you can walk in a greater understanding of the intimacy that the Father has for you. Because he loves you. And some of you in this room, you've never called God Father. You know him as God, you know him as Lord, but you don't know him as Father. You've never even spoken that word about him. And I got to tell you today, Jesus died to give you the right to call God Father. 
to call him daddy, to call him Abba. And some of you have never been able to do that because you've lived under the weight of a curse or a lie. You're not deserving, you're not qualified, you can't. Some of that's linked to maybe some wounds from your earthly father. I don't know your situation, but I, knew, I do know Jesus is here. And I do know Jesus is here to meet you. And today, you have a chance to step into the blessing of the Father. This may make you uncomfortable, but I'm still comfortable, so it's good. God's still comfortable. I'm gonna ask you right now, if, if you know I want the Father's blessing, I wanna step into this. I want the Father to bless me and I wanna receive it fresh today. I want you to just begin to make your way up front right now. We're gonna worship in a minute. You just start coming right now. Come right now, because I'm gonna pray over you I'm gonna pray over us corporately. In the last service, almost the whole church came. But I want you to come and step into receiving the Father's blessing in this moment. You're not moving, but I know some of you need to right now. Please do not miss this moment. In the name of Jesus, I break off all fear. I break off all religious spirit in the name of Jesus. I bind any fear over this place and I loose the love of God. Come on, keep moving, keep coming up. Move over here, you guys come. Keep moving. Move to the sides, let those who are coming in from the aisles come right up here, you come. Keep moving over, get close, you're a family. You probably all smell good as Sunday. Keep, keep moving in, keep moving in, keep moving in. Praise God, praise God, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. All eyes on Jesus right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Move upon us. Move upon us. Move upon us. Here's what I want to do. The first thing I'm going to pray is I'm going to break off curses of your, over, over your life. Any lie that you've lived with. Keep coming. Keep coming. If you guys can move up a little more. Move up a little more. Some of you have lived with lies that you've believed for far too long that have infected and affected your identity and your understanding of who God is. You've been told you can't do this, you won't do this, you'll always be like this. You're dumb, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're, you're whatever. I want you to look at me right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I break off every curse you've lived under, every lie you've believed about who you are that is neither godly nor biblical. I break it off of you right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every wound you've received physically, emotionally, I, I apply the love of God to right now on your behalf. The healing of Christ. see in the spirit right now, I just see Jesus like moving among you. Touching you. Lord, would you identify every curse, every stronghold, and right now begin to dismantle those strongholds in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Tear down those lies. Tear down those lies. I declare right now over each one, you're not a stepchild. You're not an orphan. You're a child. You're a child of God. With all the rights and privileges, you are a child of God, fully loved. He knows your past. He knows what you've done. And I wanna to say to you, some of you have believed, because someone else has spoken this over you, that you're not qualified any longer. Maybe it's because of age, maybe it's because of something you've done. In the name of Jesus, I break that off of you right now. You are qualified. You are qualified and you are called. And he who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Right here. So let him come, let him come, let him come. 
Change our language today, Lord. Change our language today to speak life, to speak blessing. Maybe you've been told you, you can't hear the voice of God. God won't speak to you. Don't, don't worry about that. I break that off of you now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bless you with ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And I want to impart the Father's blessing to you right now. This is my son whom I love, and him I am well pleased. I want everybody to look at me. If you're up here, every eye look at me. I know this might make you uncomfortable. I'm still comfortable. Again, don't worry. And I want to speak on behalf of the Father. I want to speak his blessing over your life. Whether you have a good dad, whether you have an absent dad, I don't know. But I know the Father is here. So on behalf of the Father, I say to you, you're my son. You're my daughter. You're my son, my son, my son, my daughter, my daughter, my son, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my daughter, my son, my son, my son. You're my son. My daughter, my son, my son, my son, my daughter, my son, my son, my daughter, my daughter, my son, my son, my son, my son, my son, my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my son. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my daughter. You're my son. You're mine. You're mine. The Father calls you His, and nobody can tell you otherwise. And anyone or anything else that does is lying. Then He says, Whom I love. And so on behalf of the Father, I say, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, 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 I love you. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. I love you with an everlasting, never ending, always and forever love. You see, the love of God is so profound for you that, that if he had a refrigerator in heaven, your picture would be on that fridge. That's how much he loves you. The scripture says the steadfast love of God never stops. Never ceases. It keeps going and going and going and going because he loves you. And I pray right now that you would know how high, how wide, how deep, how long is the love of Jesus for you, for you, not the person next to you, for you. And I want to speak over you and tell you right now, there is nothing you can do to earn more of God's love. He loves you right now in this moment as much as he's ever going to love you. You just got to learn to receive it. And just as the scripture says, nothing, 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 nothing can keep you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. No demon in hell, no person on earth. Nothing can keep you from the love of God in Jesus. And then he says, in you I am well pleased. I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased with you. I'm pleased, not because of what you've done, because of who you are. And you're mine. I'm pleased with you. 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 I'm happy with you. I'm happy. I know the baggage. I know the stuff. I know all of your background. And I'm still pleased with you. Because I know who I made you to be. And he says, he who calls you is faithful, he will do it. And I want to say something to some of you. Some of you have had giftings and callings on your life that you have allowed, allowed to become dormant. God has gifted you in unique ways. And someone else has told you, oh, you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. And some of you, particularly in the church, I see this all the time, we, we diminish creative gifts. And there's creative gifts God has placed on some of you. 
that others have diminished, and today I call it back in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And some of you have had giftings and callings on your life that others have pushed down and rejected or, or told you there's not a place for that. And today I tell you, there is a place at the table. And he who calls you is faithful and he will do it. The scripture says the callings and giftings of God are irrevocable. Meaning that when he put those callings and giftings on you, they can never be snatched from you. Now you can choose to use them or not use them. But to any of you who have lived under someone else's lie over your life that you can't do something, you shouldn't do something, today I tell you to step into the fullness of your giftings and callings that God has placed on your life. Lord, right now, would you just loose your love? The scripture says the spirit testifies to our spirit that we are children of God. And right now, Father, would you loose on each, each of us, every person standing here, the knowledge that we are children, that we are accepted, that we are loved, that you have affection for us. That you have acceptance and affection and affirmation for each one of us here. And Lord, I speak the blessing over each person that you are part of a family. You don't have to live like an orphan, fighting for scraps at the table, believing that you've got to keep people distant all the time. You can't let people get too close. In the name of Jesus, I break that off of you now. And I loose over you the truth that you are a son, that you are a daughter. And that you have a place at the table. Lord, right now, would you just open us up to the fullness of your love? I pray over every mind that you would dismantle strongholds, lies, and that you would erect truth. I pray that you would infect every heart deeply with your profound love for us and that you would speak specific blessings over each person right now, as only you can do. That you would redeem callings and giftings in this moment. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. This is a holy moment. Friends, you can't give what you haven't received. And right now, the Father is here to impart to you blessing so that you can be a blessing. So that you can bless your spouse, your children, your grandchildren, your siblings, your parents, your friends. Here's what I want to do. If you're here with your family right now, I want you just to get together with your family. Go ahead and start moving towards one another. If you're not here with a family, fold somebody in. Fold them in right now. If you're here with friends, get with friends. No one missing this moment, but I want us to pray blessing over one another. I want you to leave here activated in blessing, not just receiving it, but praying it, imparting it. Turn towards one another right now. Don't look at me, look at each other. Turn towards one another. If you see somebody alone, fold them in right now. Fold them in. Families, families, families right here. And I, as, as you pray right now, what I want you to do is just bless one another. Just simple bless. I bless you with a spirit of love, peace, and sound mind. I bless you with the knowledge and wisdom of Christ. I bless you to walk in the fullness of peace, joy. I bless you to fulfill every calling and gifting God has put in your life. Lay a hand on each other. Bless one another. Come on, all around the room. Just bless one another. Activate blessing in this moment. Husbands over wives, wives over husbands, siblings, parents to children, children to, to parents, 
Just bless one another. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't need to be complicated. Doesn't need to be long. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. let your power of blessing fall right now let heaven invade earth right now if you're a parent here with your child just put your hand on your child's head bless them bless you with the, the knowledge of Christ I bless you with health. I bless you with joy. pray that over this environment right now you would just lose blessing that this church this community of faith would be a blessing to state college that this community of faith would be a blessing to happy valley to penn state to this whole region i bless i pray that you would bless every family represented here lord that whole generations would change at this moment right now I believe that. Lord, right now, you're doing something right now to shift whole generations of families to operate and to walk in blessing, to speak life and not death, to step away from the curses they've lived under and step under the blessing and anointing of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To a thousand generations, Lord. To a thousand generations that what you're doing in this moment, a thousand generations would be affected. Hallelujah. As we worship the Lord, you're free to stay if you want prayer. I'm going to pray for those who want prayer right now. We're going to worship the Lord. And you just join in. But I want to pray for some of you right now who, who just... I'm just going to lay my hands on you and pray for you right now if you want more prayer. And others from the prayer team, if you would come, make yourselves available as well.